tried to put some peppy music with that because of the words that go up on the screen. Did we succeed? Was that peppy, right? Okay. Okay, good. Um, uh, welcome, my Reverend Nicole Riley. I'm the lead and teaching pastor here, whether you're here with us in person today or you are joining us online as well. There are notes for the sermon on the app if you want to follow along with those as well. Uh, today, we begin a new series that we're doing call it, call, when we're calling it Facing Life's Giants. Now, what are life's giants? You know, I, I, I think we would all have a list of the things that are challenging and difficult for us, but we're going to look at some that I think are fairly universal. Fear, doubt, failure, and temptation. Now, we all know about these, but what we're going to look at is what does our faith have to say about this? Our faith actually has quite a bit for us to hear about these giants in our lives because our faith wants us to deal with these challenges in a way that's positive, in a way that's helpful. I mean, we're not going to deal with it in a perfect way, that's for sure, but we have some options. You know, I, I know when I'm in the midst of a challenging time, there's a couple options, it feels like. The first is that I could... Um, grow in the midst of it, I could learn, I could move forward, or I could have a little bit of a smaller life. I could get more protective of myself. I could kind of withdraw. So what I want us to do over these weeks is to, to look at these challenges and to be able to talk about how we do them well, how we deal with life's challenges so that when we get through them, we have uh, some greater wisdom maybe some greater character strength, and I, and I hope also a greater faith, greater trust in God in the midst of whatever life hands us. Now, the idea of calling this giants comes from the scripture, and it comes from the story of David and the Philistine who is named Goliath. And so let's hear that story this morning from 1 Samuel. The Philistine came on and drew near to David with his shield-bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him. For he was only a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air and to the wild animals of the earth, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all his assembly may know that the Lord does not save by sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hands. 
When the Philistine drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, slung it, and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. And so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, striking down the Philistine and killing him. There was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran over and stood over the Philistine, and he grabbed his sword, drew it out of its sheath, and killed him. Then he cut off his head with it, and the Philistines saw that their champion was dead. They fled. Are you all awake now? right? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I I think we like those stories where the underdog wins, right? There are lots of movies about it. Rocky, Miracle, A Karate Kid. But I think as uplifting as those movies are, To be an underdog is a little less gratifying. You may be starting this new year feeling a little bit like an underdog. Maybe you're in a time of challenge, a time of difficulty, where you're not sure how things will work out. Or maybe there's someone in your life that you love, a young person, or even an older person who you know is going through a time of challenge. Today, we are going to look at the first of our giants. We're going to talk about failure. And we're going to look at this from a couple different angles. And we're going to hear a text today, a second text, that will help us understand failure a little more. And and so I was thinking about, as we talk about failure today, um, where's a good place to start with talking about failure? Um, So I was thinking about my own life. And I was thinking about how there's two behaviors I consistently do when I'm in the midst of something that I'd label a failure. Now, the first is this. I say something like, well, I, I failed to follow through on that activity. So like with the, one of the things I tried to do was to learn the flute. So instead of saying, I failed to learn the flute, I say, I changed my mind about learning the flute. I changed my mind. It wasn't true, but it sure sounded a lot better. So you may do this too. You may cast your failure as a, a change of heart, a change of mind about something. It's very common. Second thing that I do, that I think we all do as well, is I don't do the things at which I feel I will fail. I think adults are like that. I think kids are really like that. Because it's hard to be a beginner. It's hard to come up short. This is uh, a new year. Are you excited for a new year? I'm one of those people who uh, like to set goals in the new year. Probably every quarter I revisit them and update them and keep working on them. And um, this year I'm doing something a little different. It's called 22 for 2022. And the idea is you pick 22 things that you want to accomplish over the year. And now they can be 
one-time kind of things like clean out that junk drawer or go see the dentist that you've been putting off, but they can also be things that you want to track over the years. So like how many books you're reading or if you're getting enough exercise. Here's the thing I know, though, every year when I set my goals, is I am absolutely certain that I will fail at a whole bunch of them. And I know this because it happens every year. (laughs) This is often the rub for us. We don't try, we don't do new things because we believe, well, if, if I don't try, then I can't fail. But really, as people of faith, we know that the truth is not to try is often to fail. This is a biblical principle. It comes from the story of the parable of the talents. You may remember this parable from when we did our our series on the parables of Jesus. This is the parable where um, there is a man who goes away and he leaves money with three of his servants. and, And the first two, they invest that money and they make more money. But the third one, he hides the money. He does nothing with the money. And he is the one who's punished. Now, why? He was just being safe. He was just being conscientious. He just didn't want to cause any trouble. Well, I think because for us as people of faith, we know that there are things that are worse in this life than failing. I think about this because we often think that failing is the worst thing that can happen when for us as people of faith, failing is not the worst thing that can happen. And here's why. First, failure can never take away our worth. This is important for us to hear at the beginning of a new year because we will have experiences where we stumble, where we don't do what we need, where we fall short, and this is an opportunity for us to know that no matter how short we fall, Failure will never take away our worth. You are worthy, no matter what. No matter what happens in your life, you are worthy and beloved of God. God gave you your worth, and it can never be taken from you. Number two, as people on a faith journey, fear does not need to control us. Is there something you'd like to try this year, but you're kind of afraid to do it? Maybe you're afraid of what people would think. Or maybe you're afraid you'd make a complete mess of it. Or maybe you're afraid it would just take time and energy, and who knows if it'll work out. What if this was the year where you decided as part of your faith that you would feel that fear and do it anyway? That's the thing. Our God goes before us. Our God opens doors for us. Our God is there in the midst of when things go well or not so well. Fear never has the final word in our lives. So, in light of those things, let's hear today's text, which is about failure. It's from Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, 31 through 34. And Simon is who's talked about in this text. Simon and Peter, the same, same person. 
Jesus said, Simon, stay on your toes. Satan has tried his best to separate all of you from me like chaff from the wheat. Simon, I've prayed for you in particular that you not give in or give out. When you have come through the time of testing, turn to your companions and give them a fresh start. Peter said, Master, I'm ready for anything with you. I'd go to jail for you. I'd die for you. And Jesus said, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, Peter, but before the rooster crows, you will have three times denied that you knew me. Now, of course, Jesus was right. Peter, Simon Peter, did deny Jesus. And Peter's a really great model for us as we look at what happens when we are in the midst of failure, falling short. A couple things happen to us that we see in the life of Peter. First, failure leads to discouragement. If you've had a difficulty in your life and you've called it a failure, you might go through a period of time where you feel discouraged by what has happened. You may become restless, you may have trouble sleeping, you may have negative thoughts that fill your brain. When we fail, and we may find ourselves in a season of discouragement, and we may wonder, how am I going to go forward? How am I going to move on? What are people thinking about me? I imagine it was a lot like that for Peter. I imagine that Peter looked at how he was going to live and spoke these words to Jesus, and then immediately he backed down and turned from him. Second, failure leads to desperation. Peter was a man who knew what it was like to betray everything that he believed in. He felt alone. He felt afraid. His mouth was dry. His hands were probably clammy as he dealt with what he had done. Peter felt like this as he betrayed Jesus, and I think a lot of us feel desperation in the midst of failure in our own life. We may even do some desperate things out of that desperation. You may have been in a season in your own life where you looked at what the choices were after things going awry, and it looked like none of those choices were good choices, were positive, life-giving choices. If your life is long, I imagine most all of us We'll find ourselves discouraged at times in the midst of things falling apart and even a little desperate. Third, failure can also lead to opportunity. Now, we don't see this in the time. In the moment when things are falling apart, we hardly ever go, oh, great, this is going to be a great opportunity for me to grow and to learn. No, we never think that in the midst of it. It's hard to see. In the story of the biblical Joseph, there is a time when he comes face to face with the people who have sold him into slavery, and he says to them, even though you intended this to harm me, God intended it for good. I do believe 
that God is indeed with us in the midst of discouragement and difficulty, and that he helps us to see in our own time what the possibilities may be for us. God is a God who redeems our failures. He did that for Peter. He met him in the midst of the difficult time in his life and offered to him redemption. We see it in the story uh, after Jesus' resurrection and what Peter does. And then in the book of Acts, we see how Peter lives and how he responds. So maybe for us, instead of fearing failure, we need to make peace with the reality that we're all going to fail at some time. But that failure for us as people of faith is never the final word. Let's look now at a practical way of looking at failure. I want to look at a couple things with you that will help you as you deal with failure or as you help those in your life who are struggling. First thing is this. Remember that God understands. You know, we're in this season of Christmas. You know, Christmas isn't over yet, right? Do you know that? It's not over. You know that song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, right? That happens after Christmas. So we are still in the season of Christmas. And Christmas is that season where we, we celebrate and we are just hit with the reality that God's love for us is so great that he came among us in Jesus. There is nothing in our life that God does not understand. Psalm 103 says it this way. It says, as a father cares for his children... So the Lord cares for those who honor him, for he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. There is nothing that you will ever face in your life, no failure so great that God does not understand and offer you his hand of love and compassion. Second, remember That failure makes us human, so acknowledge your failure and gain the wisdom that is there to be found. One of the things I have found helpful in my times of failure and falling short is that I've learned that sometimes the achievement, the thing I wanted to achieve, was not the point of what I was doing. In other words, it's always great to achieve all your goals in this life. But sometimes that's not the real purpose. The purpose in goal setting is often who you become on the journey. For example, this last year I had some exercise goals for every week. I didn't make them every week. But what I learned in the midst of that was that I could keep going, that it wasn't an all-or-nothing kind of a thing, and that perfection wasn't necessary in order for me to make progress. Too often, we think that when we've made a mistake or when we failed, when we've missed our goal, that that is the end. But really, we're called to look at 
what we've learned in the midst of it, and what wisdom there is to be found. And third, remember that failure makes us compassionate, and God needs more compassionate people. You know, sometimes if we are in a stage in our life where everything is going fairly well and we're, we're looking forward to the future, we forget what it's like for a lot of people who are struggling. We forget. Because we remember we've been there, but we don't want to think about it. We get out of touch. Failure in our lives is what enables us to understand and, and to take our place with the rest of humankind, and to realize that none of us are better, none of us are worse. We are all people together. In our compassion for one another, we live into the kingdom of God begun in Jesus. My greatest failure in my life, what I would say, is the greatest failure in my life, was uh, a church I served from 2008 to 2011. I had moved my family there, and what I found was a church that could not pay its bills but was using the building fund to pay their monthly bills. They had a $3 million debt and under 100 people in worship, We would have a staff member who left right before I got there get arrested, and another staff member who embezzled. I didn't know any of this, of course, before I got there, but I knew something was up because two weeks before I started, I went there just as a guest. I thought, I'll just show up on a Sunday and see kind of how things are working. And what I found was they were pretty mean to newcomers. Only a couple people knew who I was, and the rest of the people were just not very welcoming. And in fact, it was so blatant and so bad that when I went home, I said to Jeff, we've made a mistake, and we should not go there. Now, Jeff was like, Ah, it'll all work out. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And this was one of the very few times in Jeff's life that he was really wrong. (laughs) During my time there, especially the first couple years as I was figuring it out and getting the resources that the church needed, I dealt with fear and depression and anxiety. I worried about the financial stress that I had put my family under in that season of ministry. My son was bullied at the local school and was having his own issues. And I was harassed by church people who told me I smiled too much and I talked about Jesus too much. I was, in that season, especially in those first couple years, mentally and emotionally and spiritually in a crisis. Now, I tell you this story because I learned 
over those five years, not how to become successful or how to turn a difficult situation around. Instead, what I learned was that God was with me in that dark time and that God was there to help me become who I needed to become. I don't regret those years. I met some people that are still very close to me. Uh, Dave Roberts, our former lead musician, that's where I met Dave. Uh, A lot of people that were from that period of my life are still very close to me. I don't regret it. It was a season where God took what was going on in my heart and life and grew me to a next level in my courage and my stamina and, of course, in my faith. God was there. And in the moment, it was hard for me to see the future. And so if you're in a season where you've gone through a big disappointment or a big failure in your life, you may need resources. I sure did. I needed help seeing a future. I needed help uh, finding my way forward. And so if that's you, I want you to get those resources because they do make a huge difference in helping us process things. I don't know what failures you may have brought with you today, if, if any. I don't know what they might be, but I do know that they can be heavy burdens for us to bear. Today, I want you to know this, though. Life, life is filled with times when we are going to be knocked down. But as followers of Jesus, that will never have the final word for us. There is more to your story because you are loved, because you are worthy, and because you matter to God. So, pick up your slingshot and take aim at your giant. Let's pray.